we are getting down in the weeds this month, and we're talking about things that pertain to relationships. And I think when we're talking about relationships, one of the biggest areas that we either do or don't do getting down in the weeds is, is in the area of husbands and wives, moms and dads, uh, uh, moms and daughters, dads and daughters, moms and sons, like the family relationship, right? Relationships are a big deal to us. And we said week one, the theme of 2023 for us as a community of believers is better together. We're better together. In order for us to be better together, then we have to stay together. You and I were created to be in relationships. Is that, are you saying, Pastor John, are you saying everybody's supposed to be buried? No, I'm just saying we're all supposed to be in relationships. Friends, are you with me? Sons, daughters, like, you know, relationships. The Bible said in the beginning, God created Adam to be in a relationship. But then he quickly realized, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Lord God said, it's not good for a man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. So he created the woman. And I'm so glad he did. Amen. And then he told us to be fruitful and multiply Fill the earth. The first family was born. Family is one of the strongest and oldest covenants God ever created. And yet it's probably one of the most attacked entities on the planet today. And so I heard it said once that never laugh at your wife's choices because you were one of them. <laughs> you, you were one of them. Husband and wife were texting back and forth, right? And the wife texts the husband, hey, have you had lunch? And he replied, have you had lunch? And she said, no, I'm asking you, to which he replied, no, I'm, I'm asking you. She said, are you copying me? He replied, are you copying me? She said, let's go shopping. He said, I've had lunch. So anyway, yeah. So here's the question. Here's the question. How am I supposed to love the person who doesn't love me in the way I want them to love me? How are we supposed to have this happily ever after if all we do is bump heads, if all, all we do is fight, right, argue? And speaking of my kids, like how am I supposed to have this great relationship with my kids when here we are, all of this time has passed and the, the relationship tensions there, it's just kind of, you know, it's complicated. Um, what do we do? It's awkward. Well, we're going to have to get down in the weeds in some of these areas as well. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now, I have ripped today's messages um, clean out of the love and respect life group that we do right here at Your Place Church. And so if you've been a part of the love and respect life group, this is going to sound very, very, very familiar um, because Emerson asked me before he wrote that content, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I ripped it all off from him, uh, but it's so good. And what happens is, is every so many years, I mean, our church is 14 years old, and, and every so many years, it's like we get like a, a reload of people who worship with us because some people move away, other people show up to church. And our church right now, I mean, we've got, listen, I love you first service people, but second service has seats, 
Okay, so like, like seriously, if, you, if you're like, maybe we should sleep in. No, second service has seats, and we would love for you to come fill them. But, um, but, uh, but what happens is, is ever, ever so often, we get all of these people that show up that, that has never heard some of the messages that we've taught about in years gone by. And so this is a, a reteach of a message I did back in 2015 um, on love and respect. And so if you've heard it before, it's good to hear it again. And if you haven't... Hang on. Amen, everyone? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. And Lord, I pray that you help me navigate through this. Lord, there's, this is a whole new church uh, since 2015. And Lord, there are some people in the room that, that have never heard this before. And I believe that this is life-changing, seemingly practical, but yet spiritual implications. And Lord, I pray that you would lead us and guide us today. Help me to recognize every single person in the room Every single person watching online, Father God, by your spirit, you show us how these these thoughts, these principles matter to us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Excuse me, if you have time, you think you can change the bulb in the hallway today? Yes, dear. Come on, here we go, here we go. You know, in any relationship, there are basically three things that um, people argue over, all right? It's money, it's communication, and it's sex, if you're married, right? But in any relationship, communication is, is the real issue in all of these because communication is a big deal. Well, how do we communicate? And in the area of communication, it can seem like men are from one planet and women are from a completely different planet. And it's because we're different. Now, the University of Washington studied 2,000 couples for 20 years, all right? So big survey, big 20-year long survey, 2,000 couples. You guys agree we're going to stick with this survey, right? 20 years, and the question was, when you are in conflict with your spouse, do you feel, A, unloved in that moment, or do you feel, B, disrespected? Disrespected, right? 83% of the men replied, I feel disrespected when I'm in conflict with my, with my spouse. 73% of the women replied, well, I feel unloved. And it's funny how, you know, as humans, we had to conduct a 20-year survey, right, study to, to find out what Scripture has actually already provided. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that, it, that he might sanctify it, cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. It says, wives, submit. That word submit, we could actually change that word, and it could be translated respect. Wives, respect him. Well, husbands, you don't have to change the word. Love is love. That's what she wants. She wants love from you. And not just love, you know, not just love her like you love your little puppy or you love the bass boat or the truck. Like you love her like Christ loves the church. In fact, verse 33 puts it pretty plainly. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Men and women are motivated differently. Now, when God made us male and female, he didn't make us wrong. He just made us different. Like women, as women I mean, let's just think like pink and blue, right? Because that's typically, like, if you go to a baby, you know, like, a reveal, it's like, poof, if it's blue, then it's a boy, right? Poof, if it's pink, it's a girl, right? Well, think of it like this. Women, ha women have pink, pink hearing aids, okay, or we, we could say a pink cell phone. Um, they look through pink glasses, 
and they speak in, a, in the pink cell phone, right? So everything they hear, everything they see, everything they filter, they filter through this pink smoke or, you know, lens or filter. Well, guys are the same way. Guys, they hear in blue. They see in blue. They speak in blue. And it's not wrong. It's just different. Let me give you an example. Um, if a lady says, I don't have anything to wear, I don't have anything to wear. What she means is, is I don't have anything new to wear. That's what she means. That's what she means. I don't have anything new to wear, right? And if a guy says, I don't have anything to wear, what he means is I don't have anything clean. And so there's something, there's, like, it's just different. It's, it's, it's not wrong. It's, it's just different. So when a woman comes up to her 10 friends and she, she speaks in pink and says, girls, I just don't have anything to wear, the girls hear in pink and they're like, girl, me either, let's go shopping, right? And, and the fellas, you know, when he's like, no, I don't have anything to wear, the guys, you know, he's speaking blue, they're hearing in blue, okay? And they're like, she ain't doing your laundry, right? So like, that's, that's, that's how, it, that's how it, it's communicated, uh, I'll give you another example. A husband and wife are getting dressed in the morning, and the wife looks in the mirror and says, "Woo! I might need to go on a diet, right? Like, I might, that's, that's it. That's all she says. The man, knowing that Mother's Day is next weekend, goes and buys her the latest and greatest diet book out there and gives it to her for Mother's Day, okay? Right? Right? A man who hears in blue thinks this is the greatest idea ever. Hey, this worked for the woman in the office, right? Right, that's what, so he thinks he's doing her a favor. The woman who's filtering everything in pink, she hears, I'm not acceptable to you, right? Like that's what she hears when he hands her what is supposed to be the greatest gift because it's what she wanted, right? He heard her say, I need to go on a diet. But it translate to, translates to her, you don't love me the way I am, Right? Well, the same thing would be for the guy, you know, the woman sees an awesome marriage, a uh, couple at church, you know, and, and she was talking over tea with the wife of the marriage, and oh, we went through this life group together, we, we, we read this marriage book together, and it changed our marriage. So she buys it for him for Father's Day, which is coming next month, and hands him this, this third relationship book in the last year. And what he sees when he gets this and through his, you know, blue eyes and his, you know, blue ears and, speak, and speaks blue, he's like, wait a minute. So um, you, you think our marriage is bad and you think it's my fault, right? And so that's, that's how it's different. It's not, it's not wrong. It's just different. And we need to get down into the weeds on some of these things and, and kind of work our way through this. And trust me, this applies to more than just couples. Um, my daughter wants love from her daddy. That's what she wants. She wants love from her dad. My sons still want respect from their mom and from their dad. It's a love and respect Issue. There have been times when I, me and my son, one of my sons, um, both of my sons, honestly, have got into, well, we'll just call it an altercation. Uh, and then once we kind of go off into our separate corners, I realized in the moment, I bet he just feels disrespected in this moment. I bet he just feels like, you know what, I, I, I disrespected him somehow. And we've got to be careful as parents because as parents, we're like, oh, I don't have to respect them at all. They're my kid. They'll do what I tell them to do, Right? But in the, 
if you want the relationship to actually be great, just understand what's happening. When I, when I come down on my daughter, really what she's feeling in that moment is tension, and she, she feels unloved in that moment. And she actually wants to feel love from her daddy. And so there's, there's right and wrong ways to get down in the weeds with each other. In any relationship, there are times when one person may fail to decode um, what's going on in the situation. And, and it happens in, in body language, right? Uh, we, we say something, we do something, um, and at that moment, that person's face may fail, uh, you know, they, they may fall, or perhaps their eyes grow dark, the tone of their voice grows icy. Um, other people, they may, instead of kind of, you know, deflating, they may stiffen up a little bit. We, we just got to be masters of reading body language. You know what I mean? We got to be masters at paying attention to one another. And so they, they, uh, they stiffen up a little bit, their eyes flash, their tone of voice goes up a few octaves. And we've got to watch for the telltale signs and be aware that you've probably stepped on their source, what they're looking for. And the only way I can really kind of help you understand it is like, we've all got this air hose, right? This lifeline. And for us, it's like, it's connected to, well, to you, really. And uh, the other end of it is connected to, well, we'll say these little balloons up here, right? And my daughter needs, she needs air from me that is filling up her love tank, okay? My wife, whose, um, whose words, are, words of affirmation are my, are my love language, hers is quality time, right? She, she likes quality time. When I spend time with her, it's, I mean, it is filling her, her tank up, her balloon up. It swells her. But when I say something mean or ugly or maybe I don't pay attention to her, it's like I've reached around and I've just stepped on that air hose, right? And she's over here, <laughs> you know, she can't breathe. And what happens is, is before too long, that love tank kind of begins to fade and it kind of begins to drop a little bit. And it starts to kind of lose its luster. Why? Because, not because of her, it's because... I've stepped or I've kinked the hose that is life to her. And when I get icy or dicey with her or my tone or I'm not paying enough attention to her, or I'm not spending time with her, her love tank begins to diminish. Good news is soon as I realize what's going on and if we are paying attention, fellas, then we can get off that air hose and she'll come right back up to like feeling like she's loved feeling like she's appreciated, feeling like there's, you know, everything between us is great. Same thing with the guys, right? Um, if you say something to him that comes across and accidentally pinch that air hose, right? Next thing you know, he feels disrespected. And he's not angry and he's not mean. And I mean, it may come across that way. And we're walking through that. We're getting down the weeds this series, Okay. But what happens is, is next thing you know, his demeanor begins to kind of fall. His body language begins to change. And it's not something that you should be like, oh my gosh, what happened? He had a bad day at work. No, you're, you pinched his air hose. And this is, this is life to him. This is his auction to him. Men want to 
feel respected. Well, I respect him. You need, to, you need to show him you respect him. You need to tell him he, uh, he, he's got your respect. You know, these are, these are the things uh, that all of us are, are going to have to recognize about men and women. And it goes, it goes with, with, with our parents, with our kids. You know what? If, you, if you're stern with your mother, and come on, guys, next weekend, please don't be stern. Please don't be stern with your mother. Like, call her. Because what happens is, if it's Mother's Day, and here's the thing. You may, not in the notes, by the way, you may be completely estranged from your mother. Like, you may have not talked to her in years. But this weekend, on Mother's Day, I guarantee this is happening to her. Because whatever happened years ago, Whatever that last conversation was, that air hose in her life is pinched. And by us not being the bigger person and just initiating the conversation, even if, and, even if, and this is my challenge to all of the fellows in the room, that if this is your situation, um, just send a text that says, Happy Mother's Day. That's all you got to do. If you haven't talked to your mom in years, just send a text, Happy Mother's Day. If you really want to freak her out, send her flowers. Okay, like send her flowers, happy Mother's Day. And, and whether it's her fault, your fault, it doesn't really matter because she realizes that there is this rift between the two of you. And the minute that you do that, I guarantee you may never get a text back. Every one of your siblings might, you know, all of her girlfriends might. But when that happens, she's going to come right back up. And for the first time in years, there's going to be hope in her world again. But what happens is, is when we step on each other's air hose and we kind of block off that source, then if we're not careful, we can, we can watch how our relationships and this conversation and the tone escalates in a hurry. A cardinal rule for learning how to communicate this love and respect way is to always remember when your words sting a person uh, and cause an issue, that issue is seldom the real thing going on. It's seldom the real issue. I mean, we have several people in the room. We have several people watching online. Um, any number of situations could be, could be going on between a husband, a wife, a dating couple, a mom, a dad, a, a mom, a, well, a daughter and a father, a, a granddaughter and a grandmother. Like, there's lots of things that could be happening. Two friends. Two friends that are no longer in a conversation with each other. And the real issue that's happening is when a, 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 the words heard by a woman through her pink cell phone, as she's viewing life through her pink glasses, when they come across as unloving and for a guy, when they come across as disrespectful, each one of them can respond defensively with more words that sound more unloving and more disrespectful. And then back and forth we go. And there's a, there's a process that we talk about a lot around your place, church, and especially when we're working with couples specifically, but it happens with, with moms and sons and moms and daughters and dads and daughters and dads and sons. 
And that issue is called, Emerson Egrich calls it, the crazy cycle. The crazy cycle. And here's what you need to understand. So when um, he reacts, see it over here? Without love, she in turn reacts without respect. Right? It's the crazy cycle. We see it all the time. When, when, or maybe he doesn't get it going, she gets it going. She reacts without respect. Hey, it'd be great if you put the toilet seat down. Right? And he goes, hmm, that kind of, that kind of came across a little, a little sharp. Right? And uh, he responds to her, well, who made that the rule anyway? Be great if you left it up. Right? Right? It's like, who, who, who gets to determine that? And what happens is, she then hears that and says, you know, whatever. It's, it's, a, it's a national standard. Everybody in the world puts down the toilet seats. Okay? Like, everybody else in the world does this. And then, next thing you know, it's this cycle where you respond, and then she responds, and then you respond, and then he responds, and next thing you know, we're on this crazy cycle. And here's the problem with a lot of couples. They can't get off this. And because everything just always ends up in a fight, we would just assume not do it. When in reality, if we just knew how to stop this thing from spinning, life would be so much easier. Does this make sense, friends? So here's the question we have to ask ourselves. How do we get off the crazy cycle? Well, first of all, have a desire to get off the crazy cycle. We've talked to so many couples that at the end of the day, um, they think it's over. They think it's done. They think that, you know what, it doesn't really matter. I don't even know why we're trying this. Um, I don't even know why we're going to counseling. I don't know why we're going to that life group. It's already over. And the reason why they feel that way is they're walking, both of them are walking around and, you know, she's got her foot on his air hose and he's got his foot on her air hose. You know what I mean? And, and they're walking in and both of them feel deflated. Both of them feel like there is no hope. There's no hope. I don't even know why we're doing this. But then they, they, they get into um, a life group or they, they actually go through the book together or they get counseling. And listen, guys, counseling's not bad. And what we have found most of the time, I wish I could say 100% of the time, but there are some people who, like we talked about last week, before they can go forward, they need to go backward and they're not willing to go backward. They're not willing to kind of dig that stuff out. They're not willing to kind of face their own insecurities. And at the end of the day, you talk to them 20 years from now, and they'll tell you, oh, I was the reason my marriage failed. And it took them 20 years after it failed for them to admit it. It's kind of sad because, you know, a lot could have happened. A lot of great memories could have been made. But if we can just get them to understand this crazy cycle, well, when you said that, she responded. Or when you did that, they responded. And all of a sudden, you've been, you've been spinning out of control. To get on the crazy cycle, you had to give a certain look, say some unfortunate word like, 
jerk <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Uh, perhaps scream a little. Um, and once you two are on the crazy cycle, whatever you say is bound to, gr to grieve or provoke the spirit of your spouse, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your friend. And whatever your issue might be, it's no longer the real issue because you've reduced the importance of that person. Does this make sense, friends? Can you see this in your own relationships? Can you see this when your own relationships with your parents or with your kids? Can you see this in your own relationships with your friends? There is a deeper issue going on. And even though you didn't intend to, to start the crazy cycle, what you've communicated in that moment is you don't matter to me and I don't love you. Or what you've communicated is you don't matter to me and I don't respect you. Well, what do we do when one person that you're, that you're talking to reacts in a very disrespectful or unloving way? What is the appropriate response to step off the crazy cycle? Number one, remember that your spouse or your mother or your father or your sister, brother, friend, remember they're genuinely a good-willed person. Like they're, genuine, they're genuinely a good-willed person. Even if they've done or said something that caused you to doubt that in the moment, remember they're, they're, they're genuinely a good person. And if you'll just kind of proceed with a better attitude, a positive attitude, then it'll start to slow the crazy cycle. Does this make sense? Anything else negative will just spin it faster. And the goal is, is to get off the cycle, is to get the thing to stop smoking because it's spinning so fast, right? Number two, think about what you might have done that stepped on that air hose. Because sometimes you're like, it just came out of nowhere. It just came out of nowhere. Well, think about what you may have said, or may have done, that stepped on that air hose, and then take time to answer any of those heated remarks. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up that crazy cycle. Stirs up that crazy cycle. The number one thing that we've helped couples specifically do is just change your face. Just change your face. Change your tone. And you get two people and they're, oh, they're bowed up at each other. The Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath. Why are you yelling? I don't know. This is just how we talk. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. So if one of the two of you gets angry, bows up, the Bible says, watch, do it. Do it next time there's a potential crazy cycle. Spin up, flare up. When one of the two of you flare up the other one, just respond with a gentle answer. Um... I'm sorry. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Did something I say or something I do um, 
I noticed you kind of like, you got angry there. <laughs> Did something I say or do cause that? Well, yeah. I didn't care. I appreciate that tone. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And people are like, man, I just don't know if I can do that. I'm telling you, happily ever afters in your future. If you can just learn to say, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can we start over? And then if your spouse has enough gumption or your brother or sister or mom or dad or kid or friend has enough gumption to say, hey, can we, um, I felt like I disrespected you. Or I felt like that sounded a little unloving. Can I say that again? If they have enough gumption to ask you for that, say, yes. Just as soft. Not, well, you better say it again. You know what I mean? You don't want, you don't want to do that. Because then you're the one spinning it. Make sense? And you have permission to use this language with each other. I feel like we're on the crazy cycle. Can we start again? Yes. Yes. Number one, remember that your spouse, mother, father, sister, brother, friend is a goodwill person. Number two, think about what you've said or done that might have stepped on their air hose. Okay? Number three, try to find out what's really going on. Try to find out what's really going on. Typically, the reason why someone is mad, it's not usually the real reason. And uh, if we can try to find out what's really going on, we can find out that, man, maybe something happened or the deal's not going to come through at the office like I thought. Or this, honestly, I was on the phone with my parents and my dad said this to me and it just rubbed me the wrong way and I took it out on you and I'm sorry. Like there's typically something else going on that causes the people to feel the way they do. Now, I can realize and I can appreciate that this may feel a little weird or awkward in many relationships aren't comfortable with this approach at first. But if you'll just learn how to do it, it'll change everything for you. Use phrases that you both understand. Tyra and I, we have a phrase. Um, mine's words of affirmation, my, my love language is. And when she says something that goes against my words of affirmation, especially if she wanted it to sting a little, we have a phrase, we say, that felt like a punch. I felt like a punch. In other words, that wor what, how you said that to me felt like you just went pow for the intentions of just doing it. And, and she now, after years of this, we've learned to say, and she said, well, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean it to, to feel like a punch. And we've learned now, and she's, she's said that to me, it feels like a punch. Or she says, I think I just need time together. Um, this is a big one for us. Attention, 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 attention. It's just a phrase. We say the word attention multiple times, back and forth. Because what that means is um, we haven't spent much time together. Last, this week was virtue conference. She's been virtue mode for weeks now. And so um, after virtue, she just needs attention. And I know that. And so yesterday... You know, after all of that, I was here too. Like, I was up early. I, you know, I helped. We did the deal. 
what would have been really great is a map. <laughs> it been really great. A map. In fact, some of the team, they went home and they were talking about it on their way out. Go and take a nap. See you guys tomorrow, right? That's not a nap. That's going to bed for the night, okay? <laughs> like, that's, I just needed like a power nap. But I got home and I looked at her and I realized that she's been like burning it at both ends and probably could have used a nap. But what she actually needs is quality time from me without y'all. And so she, for my 50th birthday last year, bought me a um, 100-year anniversary Harley-Davidson deuce. And so I, I looked at her, and I, this, is, this, is, this is the code. That's it. That's it. And so instead of going home, and, and you know what? If I needed a nap, she would have given me a nap. She would have said, she would've, here's your nap. No. She, I would have went home. She would have said, go, go sleep, go whatever. She's the one that did all the heavy lifting. So I just walked up, we're out here in the foyer, I, I reached over her shoulder, and I just did this, right? And instantly she went, ding! And even though the Virtue Conference, even as great as it was, it still has a tendency just to kind of wear you down a little bit. When I did this to her, she went, whoop! And then we spent the, the better part of the afternoon yesterday just letting... 70 mile an hour wind blow through our hair. And we just drove, went all the way out to Grand Lake and ate at a barbecue place out on a dock and drove home. You know what? She's great today. Why? Because I just recognized, I just paid attention. Does this make sense, friends? So realize what's going on. We just need to get down in the weeds here. We just need to get down in the weeds here. There are a lot of relationships, a lot of relationships in here that are a little bit on the rocks simply because you guys are just spinning out of control. And if you're a man and you feel disrespected from your mother, your wife, your kids, your dad, or if you're a woman, you feel unloved. And some of, some of us haven't had a decent conversation in months or years. So you need to take this week and just have a conversation. First Peter chapter 4 says, Above all, Love each other deeply. Why? Because love by itself covers over a multitude of sins. Covers over a multitude of sins. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Bible says, Love does not keep a record of wrongs. And then later it says, Love never fails. If your relationship with your mom, kids, is failing, it's because there's not love there. If your relationship with your friend is failing, if your relationship with your parents, if your relationship with your spouse is failing, there's not love. And if you reapply love, all of a sudden, they will, they will rise back up to the top. The key is not, let's don't stop trying to figure, you know, it's, it's, not about, it's not about figuring out who started the crazy cycle. It's about who's going to get off the crazy cycle. Even if you're the one that has to go first all the time. Does that make sense? Just be the more mature person 
Amen? Here's a side thought. I realize a lot of, um, there's a lot of ladies in the room and a lot of ladies watching online that maybe um, your husband or um, boyfriend or whoever is not with you here. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1 says, Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. If I could tell you how many couples are in the room right now simply because the woman went first. The woman went first. The woman changed. The woman became very loving. The woman recognized what respect was and started, started giving him his air that he needed. And all of a sudden, he's like, what, what, what's, what's with that church? Tell me about that church. Right? And next thing you know, they show up and they have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Does this make sense, friends? It's time to get down in the weeds on some of this stuff. So, as you go into this week with your spouse, mom, dad, kid, coworker, whatever it is, remember love and respect and get that crazy cycle to stop. Amen? Father, we love you. And Lord, we know that right now in this room, there are men and women, Father God, who in various degrees, in various relationships in their lives, Father, are, are, are recognizing this principle right here, right now. And Lord, for some of us, there's been some words <coughs> that have been said, actions done. And Lord, if we're going to be honest, we can track it all the way back to the first time that crazy cycle started and call it pride, call it insecurity, call it whatever you want, Father. We just, we just made it spin faster instead of getting off of it. And Lord, here we are. Lord, I know that there are people in this room who are, who are struggling in this area. And so, Father, I'm asking that by your Holy Spirit, you would breathe life back into their relationship. Give them the wherewithal. I'll say it this way, Lord. Just create in them a desire to stop the crazy cycle. Just create the desire to get off. And for one of them, just to take the first step. And then, Lord, with your love and your grace and your forgiveness, Father God, I pray that, that this relationship, whichever relationship it is, Father, begins to just swell and just begins to get full of, of love and respect for each other, Father God. And Lord, show them, prove, prove to them that this is possible. Lord, we thank you for it. We give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys can stand up with us. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Human nature may speak pink and blue. Um, God speaks black and white. Are you with me, friends? God speaks black and white. And uh, the Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Give, and uh, gifts will be given to you. Good measure. Packed down together, shaken down, overflowing will be poured into your lap for the measure with which you measure, uh, it will re be returned 
will in return be measured to you. In other words, whatever you give is going to come back. That's just, that's just how this thing works. And so if you're new with us, the primary way a, fun, a, a church functions is through the generosity of the people who worship at that church. And so we um, take a moment at the end of every service and we just, we just worship God with our giving. And uh, there's several ways to give. We'll put them up on the screen. We don't really pass buckets anymore. The buckets are in the back of the room. If, you have, if you'd like to make a cash or check um, gift to what the, the Lord is doing here at Your Place Church. But let me just encourage you in this. God is pretty black and white. And so if he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Amen, everyone. So when he says give and it will be given back to you, at some point we're just going to have to trust him in that area. At some point we're just going to have to trust him in that area. And all of us who are living this blessed life remember a time when we just crossed a line in the sand and we said we're just going to trust God in this area. And we just started giving and we never went back. We never quit. We never stopped. And since then, all of our lives, and there are several of us in the room, have gone way up uh, because God's faithfully looking over his word to perform it in our lives. Amen? And so we're going to just worship God with our giving. I'm going to pray, and then uh, you guys can have an incredible Sunday. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that, you're, that you look over your word to perform it in our lives. And Lord, you said, give, and it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. And so, Father, we return the tithe to you. And, Lord, we trust you as we give over and above that to be a God who causes it to come back to us in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Enjoy your week.